0: Geekscape Games. This one's a special edition. Uh, We're going to be talking all about Breath of the Wild. Uh, So if you haven't loaded up your Switch and Wii U and played through all of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you're probably going to want to avoid this one because we're going to get into major spoilers. Oh, and by the way, this isn't Shane. This is Jonathan. You can tell because I'm not mumbling. Anyway, uh, let's introduce our co-host on this one. I'm joined on this episode by our good friend Josh Jackson. Hey Hey everybody, how's it
1: going? And of course, I'm here.
0: We've got uh, Adam, who is not on our level. He's way above us. Uh, so we're looking up at Adam, and Adam Lemus is here to tell us all about Breath of the Wild. Hey, buddy. Hey.
2: Yeah, um, I, I hope one day you guys can be as great as me.
0: <laughs> one day. I, know, I feel it's, like I need
2: it.
1: to put another 90 hours in Puyo Puyo Tetris before I can even <laughs> think about that.
0: Life is all about goals, Adam, and you've done a good job of setting some for us, so uh i'm glad you're here to talk to us about breath of the wild um i really only bought a switch because i was going to hold off i was going to wait until either the inevitable nintendo price drop or i was going to wait until it looks like what they're doing now is they're going to ramp up production so you didn't have to fight a bunch of ladies and kids uh to get a switch from a you know the opening of the doors of a target so i uh I heard you guys talking about the Switch so much, and especially Breath of the Wild, that I went out and uh, did the research on uh, online and, and saw where when stores were going to get their shipments. And I uh, hedged my bets and I hung outside of a store and I got a Switch first try and ended up with Breath of the Wild. And it's ruined my life since then because I could never, I, I just had a tough time putting this game down. Uh, and I hadn't really done that with a game since, to this level, uh, probably since Red Dead Redemption a game I ended up 100%ing because it was every aspect of that game I just fell in love with. There's a lot of similarities here in Breath of the Wild. Uh, So I wanted to bring you guys on, now that we're two months out of the release of the game, and talk to you guys about, uh, basically in general, the game. We're going to have tons of spoilers. uh, What you loved most about the game, and then I'm guessing you guys have beaten the game, and what you have left, and what you're still willing to go after. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to assume you don't want to go get all 900 Kurok seeds, but... You might. <laughs> um, so in starting, when you guys loaded this game up, what were your first impressions of it? It just I- felt
1: it just felt so different. Like, once you wake up and it's had so much more of a cinematic feel compared to the other Zeldas, the way that, you no know, Zelda's talking to you, you're kind of running around and you're noticeably not in your green tunic or anything resembling it. And like like, the second that you're able to step out of that first cave, it's, like, essentially the whole world is at your fingertips, like, right from the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And from that point, it was just so
0: easy to com- get completely lost in it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Adam, when you first get resurrected?
2: Um, I actually, so just, I actually didn't know much about this because I sort of stayed off of Zelda stuff. I sort of went media blackouts. <laughs> after the initial trailer because one I was on a train and all I could do was watch the trailer cuz it had bad internet and I was just roaming around outside the LA convention center but um I really wanted everything to be a surprise I didn't want to know anything so I didn't watch the 3 live I only watched the trailers that basically came out and so I wasn't sure what to expect and i I like how it just starts, you know, just black screen, you know, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the wild,
0: Nintendo presents,
2: and then it just goes into the game, you know. You're told to wake up. You wake up and you start playing.
0: Which I it reminded me a lot of, uh, in, in later in the game, it did uh, as well. It rem- especially when you're battling the divine beasts, it l- reminded me a lot of Shadows of Colossus and Eco, two games that I completely love. I I, ha- I haven't played The Last Guardian yet, um, but those first two games that Team Eco did, you just fall in love with the world, and it does a similar thing, especially in Shadows of Colossus, of just presenting you with a, this open landscape and saying, "Hey." Tackle this in whatever order you want. Uh, Everything is accessible. And go have fun. And that's really nothing that... Zelda the game's never done that before. Uh, Even when we talk about Link Between Worlds, which you can conquer in any order, but it doesn't it still feels very contained. Um, that, that became both uh, really uh, engaging early on, <laughs> and I found myself falling in love with the possibilities. And also, you know, several times throughout playing this game, I found myself really daunted by it <laughs> and, and exclaiming out loud, this game is too big. <laughs> I, this, I don't even know what to do next. Like, this game is too big. Uh, but it does a good job of bringing you through the early stages of the game with the old man, uh, pretty uh, effectively, and I'm really glad that there isn't a like omnipresent or constantly present uh, guide like a Navi or the worst of the worst, the Skyward Sword. Um, and I think Zelda learned. I-, I think Zelda. I think uh, the team at Nintendo le- really learned a lot from the Skyward Sword situation in what not to do in in opening this world up. Yeah. And I remember back when Skyward
1: Sword came out and you had a lot of issues with it. Mm -hmm. And I agree that they pretty much, and I don't even want to just say Skyward Sword, I feel like in a weird way, and I'm glad you mentioned Link Between Worlds because it seemed like they took a lot of aspects of what worked and what didn't in every other zelda game and you can kind of see bits and pieces here and there of like link between worlds how it lets you tackle things in any order you want but takes it a step further you could essentially do nothing but fight ganon if you want if that's the mm-hmm. way you want to play it it gives you like this unprecedented level of freedom in a series that has generally been pretty i guess on rails in the way that you progress through the story and it's incredible mm-hmm. how how big it is like you mentioned because i i think my play time is about 60 50 ish hours I'm scared and, to check. Yeah, and like <laughs> I think Megan's is like 140. Wow. And there's still things that I tell her about that I saw that she never saw, and there's things mm-hmm. that she saw that I never saw. And mm-hmm. that's in a, that's almost 200 hours of collective playtime between the two of us.
0: I, after beating the game, finally freed the dragon from Mount Lyru. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I might as well get that muck off of him because <laughs> I, I, I had done that at a friend's house, and that was another one of the, the nails in my coffin was going over to a friend's house who had it for Wii U and seeing uh, just how incredible the game was. And at his house, he had only really gotten to Hatano Town and I went up on the mountain and was just eating chili after chili and apple after apple because I didn't have any cold gear. And I get up to the top of my uh, Laneru, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, you see one of the, the dragons up there and he's covered in muck and you have to free him. And just playing through that at a friend's house I made the decision like within a week that I'm going to, I will own this game within a week and it will own me within a a few hours. Uh, So having beaten the game, I'm now trying to get uh, all of the, all of the different temples Of course, uh, I mean, shrines I'm trying to get all the different shrines. Uh, I, after the game, I'm going through all the different labyrinths to get the barbarian armor. I've done one. Uh, I, and I think that's kind of where I'm going to cap it. I think I'm going to cap it with all the different armor sets, including what you can get from the monster dealer, uh, Killian. And I think I'm going to, I think I'll cap it at everything but the Korok seeds. Uh, but everything else I want to experience, uh, and I and that's what I loved about this game—the details of it, the way that the different villains strategize, the different monsters have strategies, the different monsters have different reactions to different weapons. Um, trying to figure out the best strategies for killing Lionel's, <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, their their hand, they're they're worse than many of the bosses in the game, if not all the bosses in the game. I think Lionel's are, are the hardest thing in the game.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's that one white Lionel in the Colosseum, and it. I think I was just being stubborn, it took me like. 45 minutes of content trying before I finally killed it.
0: Oh, I sat at the top of the Coliseum and just shot him with arrows until he was dead, and then I collected everything, because... I think the striped enemies are the most difficult enemy. The zebra striped enemies are the are the hardest level of enemies, isn't that correct? If I remember correctly, yeah. And so, yeah it's yeah, he is one. So I went into that uh coliseum which I again I did after defeating the after beating the game and uh <laughs> in my full exploration, I just re- walked into the coliseum and I was like, "Oh, holy shit." <laughs> and, and just ran to the top stage. <laughs> Killed yeah, whatever like, Liz follows was up there, and then just played the cheap <laughs> snipe game from up there. And every uh, time, <laughs> and then every time he would he would hide underneath the platforms, I would just drop little bombs on him to wake him up again. It's actually well, pretty I good. Think
1: what I did was, I think I well, I abused. Uh, I what's what's her name? The Gerudo Guardian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Urbosa. Yeah. I abused Urbosa's fury until I ran out of those, which got him down about half health. And after that, I was just, like, doing those time dodges the best that I could and just kept fighting him off that way. Oh, you
0: actually fought him like a man.
1: (laughs) Well,
2: yeah, pretty much. I fought fought him like a a coward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, well, you
2: know, it's funny you guys are talking about, like, all these different things you're doing, because I really haven't done most of this stuff either, and I think that's what makes this game so great is that Every experience someone has is their own experience. You're never going to have a similar experience because of just how free this game really is. I mean, even from the start of the game where you're going up to the old man and he tells you to visit him at the shrine and stuff or go to the broken tower. A couple of times. You don't have to do that. You don't even have to do that as the first thing you do. You can completely ignore that old man and, like go searching for other weapons and you know just attack a bokoblin camp and like mm-hmm. you just do that stuff until you're you yourself are ready to progress the story and i mean you know, how
0: satisfying is it that they leveled up the the bad guys that, that that dying in this game even in the later stages of the game uh is a risk that you definitely have to take into account it in earlier zelda games it seemed like uh, dying wasn't really something that you had to worry about. Here, you really do have to strategize your inventory of food, and and the best armor sets and weapons to use in different situations. It added a, kind of a, an RPG element to it that I thought was like really really uh, welcome. Uh, you know, yep. the first time you run into a, a battle and one swing kills you, you're like, "Oops!" <laughs> you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, I,
2: yeah. I mean, this is yeah. This is a game where basically, even from the start, you have to be very conservative about how you play this game because you can and you will die multiple times, even at the beginning of the game, because. It's just so different. The AI is much different, you know, like there are sometimes I- I've seen videos even of, you know, someone even bomb spamming an enemy. And at one point when they try to throw a bomb again, they hit the bomb like the Bokoblin will hit the b- bomb back and mm. Link will just die.
1: And That's it's crazy because like it feels like anything can kill you in this game. Like, I'll never forget the first time I was caught in a thunderstorm and I was just kind of walking around minding my own business. I think I was walking to the Zora's domain and it's a really long trek and like halfway there. And you remember how Sidon's kind of leading you along the way and he's like, oh, it's almost there, even though it takes another 10 minutes. With his wink and smile. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, I was halfway there and it starts raining and I see my shield like glowing and I'm like, what's going on? And all of a sudden I get hit by lightning,
0: <laughs> lose like eight hearts and like instantly drop dead. It was so messed up. <laughs> and not that there were, not only are there different types of, of creatures and monsters, but there are different types. And especially that stage right there, having all those little follows using electricity to get at you. Uh, at that point you hadn't really worked up any of the armor that was electricity resistant. Uh, you hadn't really worked up uh, many of the things that would uh I mean that was the first divine beast that I tackled, and I didn't find myself very prepared for the road to the Zora domain. My my stamina wasn't to the point where I could climb. that a uh, you are drenched in rain, so you can't really uh, sidestep the roads. So you have to you know, just climb over the mountains, which you can do later in the game once you've started to add some of the armor and it's not raining. Um, so yeah, the environment is a big part of the game, and um, and it works as a it works as a as a as an enemy in its own self, I, I think the environment may have killed me as much as anything else did. Uh, what did you guys think of the story of the game? Because I've played every, every Zelda game and de- beat every Zelda game, and this one was, and there's a lot of criticism online about whether or not the ending, uh, after such a long playtime was that was a letdown. What did you guys think of, of the full story of the game?
1: Um, um I I felt it was probably my favorite Zelda story to be honest and the reason was because a big reason that people would always say that the Zelda games had not necessarily bad stories but uninteresting stories was attributed to Link always being a self-insert and that's something that Miyamoto has insisted on in the past that he wants you to feel like Link so he tries not to give him too much of a personality so that you could kind of insert yourself into that role. But Sadly, I think what of... in my
0: case that that turns out to be pretty true. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think what, <laughs>
1: but I think what Breath of the Wild does really well is that it does it finds a way to compromise and allow both possibilities. Because when you start the game, Link's you know he has amnesia; he doesn't remember anything and uh, recording the memories and retrieving all of the memories to give Link his backstory, that's all 100% optional. So if you want to just run around and just play the game and beat Ganon without recovering those, that's your choice, and then you're still playing that role of Link, but If you do decide to pursue the story and recover all of his memories at that point you're learning about his history along with him Mm -hmm. that's never it's never like you're being told a story you're discovering the story with the character you're playing as so in that way you're getting the narrative of like a structured of like a structured cinematic story while still being able to
0: feel like you are that character Mm -hmm. and i gotta tell you josh you, you should get go get that seven, that memory number 17. <laughs> yeah. Having just heard what you said and knowing that you didn't go and get that final memory that Impa gives you, uh, you got to go back and get it. Cause, uh, I agree with Adam that the memory number 17, which is the one that you do, that you have access to after recovering the prior ones that Impa has charged you with to me was the most profound, uh, memory and really put everything in, in, in context. Uh, you don't actually see the giant battle that, that destroyed Hyrule hundred years earlier when Calamity Ganon took over. You never actually see that, and I did find myself wanting to see that. But that being said, it never probably would have matched my imagination. Not that the game doesn't completely fulfill my imagination in many times over in some places, but uh, they it reminded me as well of a lot of uh, the Hayao Miyazaki films. You know, seeing like the hordes of those beetles in Princess, uh, not Princess Mononoke, in <laughs> nausicaa did you guys ever see Nausicaa Valley of the Wind? Yeah, a while back. When you see those, just those swarms of enemies coming in, and I guess they did do it again in, in Mononoke, but just seeing uh, uh, the Guardians reminded me of the robots from Laputa, And the language uh, is also in t- the Team Eco stuff I mentioned earlier, but seeing that language uh, played out, Across the landscape of having the history, and I don't think this, the history's ever been—I uh, don't think you've ever been as immersed in the history in a Zelda game as you are in this one, because it's not just told to you like it was in the in previous Zelda games. I think uh, it was—it's absolutely the world. You're you're always walking through it. You're always seeing these ruins, and sometimes those ruins and those guardians are coming to life and turning into <laughs> enemies. The first time a, a ruined guardian came to life, what did you guys think?
1: <laughs> uh God! I tried to desperately kill it with like my ten arrows and promptly got
0: slaughtered. So I was like holy shit, it's alive! Yeah, you run behind some ruins. Yeah, it's but like th- the... this game is the this game felt like the best of all the Zelda games story wise. It felt like it was taking pieces from here. My favorite Zelda moment is from Wind Waker. Uh, b- prior to this game, my favorite Zelda moment was in Wind Waker when you go below the ocean and you see the Tower of the Temple of Time and you realize, oh, this is after Ocarina. And this isn't that world of... that. This isn't a Hyrule that has been covered in water. And when he descends under the uh, under the ocean and finds the Temple of Time, that was sort of a huge moment for me. And that's why Wind Waker ranked so highly for me And uh, as my favorite my favorite Zelda. This one had a ton of those moments, and it felt like it was pointing at things from all the different uh, Zeldas that came before it. And if you had that Wolf Link amiibo, then uh, Twilight Princess plays in two, which is one of my favorite Zeldas, uh, and also had a bit of the history. It did do a good job of putting you immersively in the, in the old history. What were you going to say, Adam? Um... I was
2: gonna say, basically, uh, talking about the guardians. The first time I encountered that is obviously when you first uh, get get out of one of the uh, dungeons, and sort it tur- sort of turns back on. And like you said, you're sort of like powerless. You're not really sure what to do and how to, uh, you know, combat it. So y- you just die from it a couple times and. You know what? What ended up happening was I didn't kill it. I, I just ended up like jumping the jumping one of the walls and running away. Yeah. Oh, I ran like a bitch. Like the the thing <laughs> is though, it, it wasn't until like later on that I found out like all these different tricks, like that you can actually use your shield to deflect the mm-hmm. uh, guardian lasers, even and with You're gonna what,
0: want that later. Even yeah. with some the of your weaker ganon. shields,
2: you can still reflect it back at them. And yeah, something it
0: doesn't affect your shields if you reflect it back, and and and. When you get to that Ganon battle, having that skill actually helps. Cutting their legs off, I thought was really yeah, helpful.
2: Yeah, well, I actually just found that out. Like, I'm playing the game right now, and I just tried attacking it just to see what would happen, and its legs started coming off. So you beat the
0: game without discovering that you could cut its legs off?
2: Yep. Like, I. So you got. <laughs>
0: I'm, so that one memory that was in front of Hyrule Castle, just south of Hyrule Castle, in that field, swarming with guardians, you just ran in, grabbed that memory, and, like, teleported out before yes I those I, just,
2: you? I just Leroyed it. I mean, um, I also wow. basically, like, um, what else? Uh, oh, the hardest memory for me was the Hyrule Castle one because I was getting the memories in order, and at one point, I look at where I'm supposed to go next, and I'm like, um... I hope that's not Hyrule Castle, and of course it is. It's Zelda study. I'm like, oh my gosh, this game seriously I, wants me to go all the way up to Hyrule Castle right now and grab that memory. I got the <laughs>
0: memories in the. I got the memories in the order in which I was playing the game. Like I would just see where the memories were in like whatever region I was in. So I got that Zelda's library memory at last because it's almost immediately in front of. Uh, the sanctum where where uh, he is. In fact, I, I didn't get the last memory until after I'd beat the game and gone back and gotten it because uh, I was so close to finishing the game and I had gotten that memory and I was like, "Oh, I'll go visit Impa." But I really don't want to go back to this damn castle. I got the uh, the Hierulian shield from the uh, from the lockup in the basement of the castle, and there's really not a there's not a shrine, so I didn't want to port out just to port back and have to work my way back up so i got that memory and then uh defeat then went on to fight Ganon, and then then i went and received the last memory and then re-earned the the, the perfect then i guess what they call the bed the best ending
1: yeah like the extended one
0: which is beautiful i mean the the tapestry of this game you know that spans 100 plus years it was beautiful and the ending was beautiful and i think that uh we get spoiled in having games give us so much cinematics that we want the longer cutscenes, or we want bigger explanations or we want more spelling out or we want more action and with this game as much as it has going on in it as much as you can actually do in the game the beauty of its simplicity is what i think is is worth celebrating in that the ending was just the best ending is just a simple moment between link and zelda looking to the future uh and So that really worked for me. You know, you rest on a flower and it's as simple as it is, as it began. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like in that way, the ending I thought was incredible.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite moments from the ending is, you know, she, she just stares at Link and all she says is, do you remember me? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I would have kind of liked that if um, it was slightly different. If you had, like, collected all of the memories, then she might have said something different. But, you know, she says it either way. But I I do think it's a really nice moment, you know, that they're finally... Reconvening, reconvening after like a hundred years of not seeing mm-hmm. each other. Although I don't yeah. know why Zelda isn't uh, super old. Maybe some sort of weird. Well, she was trapped. Ex in Machina Mace.
0: time powers. You don't know what Ganon. Yeah. It's magic. Hey, it's magic.
2: Yeah. Hey, it's she- magic. She-
0: Oh, she was oh, shooting, shooting. like light lasers out of her hands like five you minutes know. prior. So <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> it does but, wonders for the oh, skin. It didn't. Right? It didn't help Impa's ass. But it yeah, no. Her. <laughs> um,
2: I, I wanted to say that though. Um, another thing that I really liked at the end, when you get the extended ending, is that um, she turns to Link and she's like, uh, "the the voice of the Master Sword." I can't hear it anymore. You know. Yeah. She yeah. she's like, "There's no more need for her powers anymore." So. She, she can't communicate with the sword or even use her powers anymore and I thought that was a really interesting thing, you know they're free from Ganon until he inevitably
0: comes back right what was yeah, your favorite and, reach into the uh, game? What was a fa- I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I'm sorry. You were gonna say something about the ending,
1: Josh. Oh no! I was just gonna say. I feel like it. The ending didn't really need to do any more than it did because at the end of the day, I feel like the ending was like a hopeful but still kind of a tragic one because Hyrule was essentially still destroyed and all their friends were still dead.
0: <laughs> oh, it's wrecked. And there was a,
1: yeah, and there was like there was just this throughout the whole game. There was just this underlying air of of like tragedy. And as you beat more and more of the Divine Beasts, and they I thought they did an amazing job with really making you feel connections to each of the Guardians with like mm-hmm. the very little screen time that they had, so that once you found out and you confirm at the end of every boss fight, you know, that they're dead, their spirits talk to you and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, right before you fight Ganon and they all kind of serve their purpose and help you fight them at the end, it's all, it's this really great moment that I feel when you look at everything as a whole, the ending didn't really need to be anything
0: more than what it was. The roofs protection.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what I yeah. like...
0: Go ahead. To, oh, no, no, you go first. I was just going to say, uh, well, I was going to propose that we talk about our... because we've mentioned the Divine Beasts, what our favorite Divine Beasts were and what our favorite regions of the game were, our favorite moments of the game.
1: Oh, okay, well, so... Hmm. My, favorite, my favorite region had to have been the Zora region. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt like that whole section was probably the best individual one in the in the game for me, which it was also my first
2: one. Okay. Right. S- speaking of which, just quickly, can I get like a show of hands? Because even though this is a game fully open world, you can do anything in the order you choose. It, am I right to say that all three of us, the first dungeon that we did was Zora's Domain, the first Divine yeah, Beast?
0: Yeah, I think all three of us did that. Yeah, yeah.
2: and yeah. I feel like that's sort of crazy how. This game is like so, you know, everybody can have a different experience playing this, yet somehow the first Divine Beast that literally everyone does is the one from Zor's Domain without even really trying to go in that direction. You just somehow you end get, up there.
0: Well, right. it, it does lead you in that direction, and then it starts leading you towards uh, Hateno Town, and it does, the game does lead you east, southeast and- first. So I think it does kind of lead you in that direction. And I do
1: think that Zora's Domain is probably the easiest one to start with because the the, uh, Rudo one you need, like the cold gear, which is really, Mm -hmm. really expensive, and unless you're tapping amiibos all the time, you're... You're likely not going to have enough money for and a while to be were. able to afford it. Yeah, I know I was. I kind of felt cheap because I had all this great equipment with very little effort because I was trying to get the tunics every day. <laughs> but um, oh,
0: I, and then like, I love dressing him in the original wood gear. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
2: J- jokes on you guys. I, I had to. I had to earn my way through this game. Okay. Okay. I didn't. I didn't.
0: I. I wasn't. having hey,
2: any amiibos here. <laughs> I. I earned. I earned my way through this game two
1: years ago, and I was lining up overnight at yeah, no, Toys R Us. Out, we
0: were battling. <laughs> shades <laughs> when we were battling shades that's what we earned this game this game's been going on much longer than two months It's been going on for two years son
2: oh it's been more than two years the game was announced back at e3 2014 the year that war nintendo then, had their boy. best
0: conference you should have started your war then yeah. Uh, I am going to say my favorite section of the game is the, the island in the, in the southeast corner where it strips you of all your gear and your and your armor and you have to work your way you have to earn that temple you know what I mean what was the name of the eventide. island over there yeah the eventide section was awesome like that that really to me personified the what this game uh did very well which was problem solving and having to strategize and having to pick away at your enemies and figure out the best way to to uh to overcome these different obstacles and the obstacles were uh different in different forms you know um, um, yeah yeah that, and it's a completely that was different, pretty fun
1: and it's a completely different set of obstacles compared to past zelda games which mm-hmm. i think is what really helps it stand out so much
0: what is your favorite uh section of the game josh um oh you said zoro's domain
1: as a whole zoro's domain and part of that was because i thought the mifa storyline is really really sad Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I also really love like the uh, the seal surfing in the sand. Yeah. As far as like individual parts and riding Sidon while you were fighting the divine beast, also it was really really cool. <laughs> I
0: thought that bromance was hilarious.
1: <laughs> Let's go! Yeah. yeah. Um, Seriously, like all the Zoras are like the best part
0: of the game for me.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) All the characters are so great.
0: Uh, I I love building Terrytown too. Now that I'm done with the game, but like really investing in Terrytown and the infrastructure of Terrytown has been fun for me. Ooh, Mm
2: -hmm. that's interesting because again, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Wait, what? um, at- I, I I know what it is because I've
1: se- I've seen other people do it, but I've never seen Terry yeah. yet. You
0: guys, I, you guys haven't been building Terry. No, I'm
1: going to be nope. honest.
2: I <laughs> beat the game. And then I stopped playing because I, I had to catch up on some other games that are getting backlogged. And you and so, can hear about all
0: those things on the true Geekscape Games podcast, the number two video game podcast on the Geekscape Network. I appreciate the work. I appreciate where you're coming from, Adam. But I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I've just gone back into the game and I'm building up my damn Terry Town. <laughs>
2: Well, um, one of my favorite moments is actually, um, part of the, the Gerudo, the Gerudo section mm-hmm. where you're infiltrating the, um, Yiga clan, you know, you're, you're I, basically I, say... stealth going through the Yiga clan, and it's the only part in the game that, like, is really different, you know, you really have to be careful, cause... You get spotted by the Yiga, they're they're not going to go down easy until like uh, later on. They're And I
0: got to tell you, uh, looking forward to Comic-Con? If you come to the Geekscape booth on the Comic-Con floor, dress as a Yiga Clan member, you're going to get so much free shit. That's the cosplay I want to see is it, and if you bring bananas, <laughs> you're going to get a bonus. Yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs>
2: we'll give you um one free token to redeem for a Korok seed later down the line. <laughs>
0: The Korok seeds is like something we just picked up in the trash on the way there. It's just an uh, It's a bunch, hey, of, it's hey, a bunch it of leaves. It bunch matches what happens in the game. <laughs> yeah, the, I, yeah, the Korok sea, the, the 900 Korok seeds are the one thing that I'm going to skip. Uh, you know, but the shrines, I think, are really rewarding. I have a lot of fun uh, doing the shrines, and I beat the game having uh, unlocked only 70 of them. So, I still have 50 shrines left to go.
1: Yeah, I kind of did a bare minimum run on as far as the shrines go and i like i think i just got as many hearts as i needed to be able to pull the master sword and after that i kind of just tackled them here and there as i went but i wasn't i didn't really make it a priority i was just really really absorbed in just exploring the overworld and finding out about more finding more about the story and that kind
0: of stuff i wanted to make the 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 map accessible so i wanted to try and open up a pretty even number of shrines around the map so i could do the fast tracking but uh now i'm going back and doing the side quests especially the ones that unlock the temples and it's been pretty rewarding some of the side quests are fetch quests a lot of them are but uh there are some that are really awesome what are some of your favorite side quests that you guys have been doing
1: Uh, i liked being able to find the special horses i thought that was really cool mm -hmm. especially because they were kind of once you found them they were a little bit harder to tame than the normal ones Mm -hmm. but it's like how you can i think zelda's horse was the first one i found and i still need to find ganon's horse but like after that there was no reason for me to use any other horse i was just like it felt it felt rewarding to have been able to pull that off and then to be able to use it for the rest of the game Mm-hmm. and again it made me feel connected to Link's past after you kind of learn how that went
2: uh, I'd have to say that my one of my favorite side missions I haven't played many of the side missions I've mostly kept to the main storyline and done like maybe a shrine quest here or there but um I actually really enjoyed trying to hunt down the uh, great fairies to enhance your gear. Um, now, yeah. I-, I will say that it does get um, it gets pretty cheap near the end because then it's like it's just like a ridiculous amount of rupees that you have to farm up for. But other than that, like I really enjoyed being able to find them in these like four different corners and then just upgrading my gear. In fact, I was <laughs> one of the main things I was trying to do for a while before I just uh, started buying other gear, was um, I thought I could upgrade my like my amulets that you get from the Gerudo Town, like the mm-hmm. uh, ruby and the sapphire circlet. I thought sure. I could upgrade that enough where I wouldn't need to wear anything else. So, like... Just run around naked? Like, just run around with my uh, <laughs> with my headband, and I'm like, hey, Earing I'm still cold-resistant. Uh, that, sadly, that, that did not come to pass.
0: But, um... Yeah. Yeah. Even, even in a Zelda game, you're trying to get arrested. Yep. Um, here's a question because we talked about the the gameplay and how it's an open world and how you could do things in any order. Do you think Nintendo's looking at this game and realizing, hey, this is something that we could apply to uh a Metroid game, perhaps? Uh because Metroid is also one of these uh, games where you have to, for the most part, uh, attain different kinds of armor upgrades in order to unlock or access other areas in, in, their, in the worlds that you go to, or the levels. So do you think that's, that you can maybe foresee a Metroid game that would allow you to go open world?
2: Um, in some ways, I feel like Metroid is, in a way, some of the Metroid games kind of are still like that. Since they're usually made, like... They're almost kind of made with speedrunners in mind, like Super Metroid is, like, a good so, example so of an that. So, order
0: is important to that.
2: Yeah. Like, order is important because it's one of those games where it's, like, it is a Metroidvania. It started, like, a genre where you mm-hmm. can, like... Where you're obviously exploring a big world, but you might not be ready to explore specific areas yet until you do power yourself up a bit more. And then, you know, you can come back to that place that you found like at the very beginning of the game and it just feels all the more rewarding for that. Sure. Um I would say it would be interesting to see how they handle something like that. But even something like Super Metroid, like if you're a speedrunner good enough, you can like access areas like very early by intentional design. Like if you've ever seen like an SGDQ or AGDQ run of that game, it's pretty insane. Yeah, what and you- I feel yeah. I feel like with Metroid, it's been
1: it's been gone for so long that I feel like it would be a little early to f- change up the formula too much because with Zelda, you know, we were getting consistent releases to the point where people were kind of clamoring for change Mm -hmm. whereas at this point with metroid the last proper metroid that we've got at least traditionally uh was metroid fusion which was like forever ago right and uh at this point if we do get a new metroid i think the audience would want something that's that they're more familiar with before they veer off too much in a different direction
2: yeah nintendo just tried doing a metroid game and it uh completely blew up in their face
0: you just don't have enough friends to play galactic heroes (laughs) it's federation force yeah. federation to- force whatever the yeah. hell it's called
1: <laughs> i'm being completely honest i totally forgot the game existed until you so just did said I. it i had oh. to think about what you were talking oh no about a lot of people forgot
0: it
2: existed it was probably the biggest bomb for nintendo of last year Yeah, it
0: came out last year. So, guys, uh, where does this rank on your Zelda lists? Because I've seen a lot of uh, lists online, and some of them are... You know, I think this is nostalgia they're holding out. They're they're saying that Ocarina of Time is still the number one Zelda game. After having completed this one, I don't think that that's an argument. I think that this is clearly the best game in the Zelda series. Uh, I consider myself a... 30 year expert on it (laughs) and um this i mean beyond being my favorite franchise this is the best zelda game so this might be my favorite video game of all time and on my list it knocks out my second favorite which would be wind waker followed by ocarina of time and then uh, Twilight Princess and battling for fifth uh, would probably some- be, be something uh, like uh, Link Between Worlds, um, which I think beat out uh, uh, Minish Cap or uh, League's Awakening. Um, damn! But you also have uh, you know the N- you know SNES.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn. Well, it's tough, but like, those are my I- top five. I'm going to live with those. I-
1: yeah, I feel like we, like ours are almost identical. Like, Wind Waker was my favorite up until now, and I also feel like Breath of the Wild might not just be my favorite Zelda game, but my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wind Waker would be my second, like, like you said, too. Uh, third favorite would probably be Ocarina as well. Fourth would probably be Link Between Worlds and Fifth Majora's Mask.
2: Hmm. Okay. So, uh, obviously for me, nothing will ever top... Link in the Faces of Evil, followed by Zelda Wand of Gamelon, <laughs> obviously. Um,
0: <laughs> Those IDVD, ICD games. Tri, tri, Triforce
2: Heroes coming in at number three. Such a classic. Uh, no, um, I don't know. Oh, I see you. where you guys are coming from. Tetris trackers. I very much enjoy Breath of the Wild, but I still feel there are things that isn't quite making this, like, the best Zelda game for me. I think... I still feel like um, Wind Waker. I still feel like I want to put that at my number one. So as of right mm-hmm. now, you know, I, gu- I guess they could sort of be tied. So okay. there, I could, uh, I really can't choose between them. After that, I would definitely pick um, A Link Between Worlds because that was a game that really surprised me. I was never a fan of Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, but I very much, very enjoyed A uh, Link Between Worlds. I thought, you know, that was sort of the uh, start of Zelda experimenting with semi-open world and how to tackle mm-hmm. things in whatever whatever order you want with the rental system. And I actually yeah. really Plus enjoyed that, that, that. Was a, that. And that ending was amazing. I think that really helps it, too. Oh, no. I think, um, I think A Link Between Worlds also has, like, one of the best stories. Like, and that's another thing. While I do like Breath of the Wild, I think... I don't enjoy the story as much as you guys are saying you do, because I still, there's still things that I don't necessarily like. Um, for example, I felt like Calamity Ganon was a very big disappointment once I got to the end. It just mm-hmm. felt like, okay, here's Ganon. He's a giant blob monster. I'm like, He's a oh, spider. He's okay. like a
0: spider thing.
2: He's sort of like amalgamation of like all four of the previous uh, Ganons that you bought inside the Divine Beasts. Uh, Which is actually funny because um, if you actually decide to go straight to Hyrule Castle without tackling any of the Divine Beasts, it'll actually, instead of automatically going to Ganon, you'll actually have to face those Divine Beast Ganons still. Like, it'll be like a boss rush type of thing where you face those four Ganons. And then you also have to face the
0: uh, regular Ganon. I can't, That's what you get I, for being a punk. I can't imagine and that. I, and then level. also
1: without the health without the health drop from the yeah, divine beast yeah. The,
0: the electric one in the Garuda in... in uh and the Gerudo Divine Beast just wrecked me. That was really <laughs> tough. Even even with the anti-electric gear, uh, dropping your weapons in the middle of a fight is not fun yeah. for anybody.
2: Um, yeah. To me, so, I cheesed that fight a little bit because I ended up using the stasis, the upgraded stasis that you get from sure. Kura. So I was able to freeze idea. him for a couple of seconds and like get a good number of hits in. But also, I was able to near the end expertly dodge and flurry rush him to death. So that's what that's ended good. up happening.
0: I guess I couldn't run away anywhere, so my tactics, my usual tactics, weren't, weren't uh, valuable. But you oh. know,
2: <laughs> I, I feel like even though, you know, and there are other things that I didn't like, like even though I do like the supporting cast and the people who are piloting the Divine Beasts. I felt like they still could have used a bit more outside because they still felt like sort of stereotyped, you know? Like, uh, the, the Rito one was just an asshole. The, the Goron, he was like, he was kind of like the, the positive energy guy. He was sort of always supporting Link. And another thing, I was like, you know, all these guys are like super different, yet every time you go to face a divine beast, like boss, they're like, they say the same thing. They're just like, oh, this this got the best of me. I'm an amazing warrior, but this got the best of me and I died. It's like, uh, could have had so a
0: guys, couple of changes there. <laughs> so looking forward, we got ourselves this DLC that we've all purchased. Um, in first batch... It has been detailed. It comes out this summer. Uh, It's the first of two DLCs in this um, pass. What's in the first bit, and what do you guys think of it? Um,
2: So the first bit is kind of interesting. It it doesn't really necessarily entice me yet. I still think, for me, putting $20 down is going to be a pretty steep asking price until the second DLC pack comes out. But as of right now... um, for the DLC pack one, you get the Trial of the Sword. So basically, um, I guess a new location just randomly pops up for the Trial of the Sword challenges. Uh, think of basically like the Challenge Cave from sure. Twilight Princess HD, where you're just going through a bunch of rounds. And apparently, um, after doing it, like the the ulti- something like the ultimate power of the Master Sword will be available which to me suggests that it might never run out of energy now, which would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, this is actually a pretty cool map feature, I will say this. Although I don't know anyone who would actually be able to use this to its fullest extent. Heroes Path Mode. This feature allows you to look at the past 200 hours of your gameplay, Mm -hmm. and it shows everywhere you've been. So. it, it, it...
0: Anywhere you've been playing a video, playing the game in your own life, we've been just been static sitting there on our box. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's the laughs> most de- I think that's the most depressing feature of the game, which could be cooler. I will glance at it, but I think I'm more into some of the other features of the game, like being able to have like, uh, like, what are some of the armor sets in there? Because those are pretty cool. Yeah,
2: uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But like, I really do idea. like the idea of purest path mode because you're looking at it and you're like, you're looking because. This is a game where you think you've seen everything, but then, you will know, using Kiro's path, you'll realize, oh my gosh, I have never been in this section of the map before. I've never once set foot into that area. Why haven't I done that yet? So that'd be a very interesting thing. Um... of like costumes there's a there are some weird costumes you know uh the tingle costume like we don't know what these do as of right now but there is definitely a tingle costume that you can wear um i don't know what were the other costumes
0: uh well there's a tingle costume which i'm into there's an armor set uh so you can look like one of the armor uh one of the knights oh um there is a uh i like the tingle costume but there's also a korok seed head yeah, So Korok that'll mask. when you when you're it'll shake whenever you're nearby one of the Korok seeds that you haven't discovered yet. <laughs> um, and there's a Majora's mask. S- okay. Which looks pretty cool.
2: Speaking of Korok seeds, I just want to give you guys a heads up so you're not completely pissed off at the game. Two places to check for Korok seeds: at the Shrine of Resurrection, where you wake up, there is literally a Korok inside there. All you have to do is turn around. To your bed and examine it
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah I've, I've got
2: that that would that one actually really pissed me off for some reason i don't know why <laughs> i have no
0: idea it's there i'm gonna go back and get it <laughs> yeah
2: um and the second <laughs> one is at the very top of hyrule tower of hyrule castle you have to scale yes. the entirety of hyrule castle up to like the highest point like even above where you enter for a for, uh, calamity ganon
0: worth it yeah um so so in, in closing, guys, where do you go from here? What do you want to see from that second piece of uh, DLC? And is this the kind of engine that like um, we had with Ocarina of Time? You could bring out another Majora's Mask. Is this engine something that you would like to see built upon? Does the Switch have a second Zelda game in it th- of this size? Uh, so let's start with the DLC. What would you guys like to see in that second bit of DLC?
1: I feel like I want something that's going to focus more on the battles before the story. Mm. Like, you know, every with everything going to hell and it can double as it can double as a hard mode because it's a battle that you're not necessarily supposed to win. We know how that all turns out. So just being able to see what Hyrule was like before it all got destroyed right before the calamity and then leading into the process through the calamity. Maybe even let us play as the Guardians and see how they all got killed. Play as Link while he's trying to defend Hyrule Castle and ultimately failing at it. Maybe even playing as Zelda to an extent. Uh, that would be something that would really interest me because so far, the first wave of DLC hasn't really impressed me that much. But if it were to be something that expansive, I feel like I would be completely on board with picking up the season pass.
0: How dare you guys. You guys have failed me in a return, not buying the season pass. Uh, I just wanted my Did you dims. get that Switch t-shirt? Hell yeah, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: When I do buy that DLC if it I it
0: says I, Zelda, I throw my money
2: at it. I, okay, I'm just going to say I'm never opening that treasure chest. I'm never going to open that treasure chest for that Switch t-shirt. That is that is going Why? to break my immersion for this game hard. Okay? I am not I just want to know allow what died Link inside to you run and around when did it die? a Nintendo Switch shirt. Your
0: spirit well, maybe, called and said that it's been long dead.
1: Maybe the Nintendo Switch was really popular in Hyrule before Ganon
0: showed up. Yeah, it's part of the story, Bre. Um Adam, what would you like to see in that second DLC?
2: So um, I'm going to go against what Josh just said. I think um, it, it could have its merits, but at the same time, I don't think ever doing a prequel, doing prequel things ever really work out because you don't really have stakes since you know what's going to happen. You already know what's going to happen. So, And I feel like they've already sort of explained what happened and how they died, you know, I don't think we have to go deeper into that. What I'm thinking it's going to be is that um, the mention that Zelda makes that the uh, the Zora Divine Beast stopped working and they have to go over there and check it for, like, maintenance repairs. I feel like um, somehow that's going to tie in where you, you actually, like, when this... Comes out when the DLC comes out, you'll actually be able to play like post game, like after you've defeated Calamity Ganon and you're doing I would love this to see, story.
0: I would love to see something post game as well. And there is a section of the game that uh, some characters go to in the game that we don't have access to, and that is the Dragon Realm that we see the dragons escape into uh, whenever they go on their little journeys. They go up into the Dragon Realm, so something involving the dragons I think would be very cool and it plays in the game that already exists. Uh, but I think I'm going to go along and say, yeah, I would like to see something, uh, that not necessarily is post calamity ganon because your save file is still pre-defeating calamity ganon but something that adds one more realm or texture that doesn't necessarily negate the save file that that you have which is just before defeating ganon so just an additional realm which at this point you've already opened up the entire map it can really only be another dimension Uh, yeah like that's what i was
1: thinking I was thinking too because I don't want it to take place post game because I feel like that cheapens the ending. It makes it come off as a bad anime sequel where yeah, that you save be the world, title. but the, right?
0: That <laughs> but should be like... another title.
1: That should be another uh, another game. Yeah, cause exactly. Because if it's like you. You know, you stop Calamity again, and then the next day something else just happens to show up and it gives you an excuse to play some more.
0: Yeah, not that the weakening of Hyrule doesn't open things up for another predatory villain. There have been one or two other villains in those in in these video games. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like if it was DLC and it
1: took place so close to the ending, it's like the whole idea of kind of rebuilding Hyrule or working towards restoring it and then immediately getting attacked by something else kind of takes away would take away from that a bit.
0: I would like to see something get opened up either beneath Hyrule or in a realm that is above Hyrule. Something like that. Dragon's domain. Oh, you you know, you, you gonna know I,
2: I was just going to say that it was just going to be Korodai from Link in the Faces of Evil. You finally get to yeah. explore this vast world that, you know, you only see in a <laughs> static, single static screen. In you can actually climb
0: the Faces of Evil. You can
2: cl- You see those Faces of Evil... You can climb them. You can climb them in you know any what? order you want to.
0: <laughs> because that is such a monumentous thing, I would actually just like for that to be its own title, a, sec- a sequel to Breath of the Wild, because if you do that as DLC, I'm going to feel that it's very cheap. And um, Guys, thanks for joining us on this thing. Uh, If you haven't played Breath of the Wild, you really got everything spoiled for you. If you did, uh, go ahead and go to geekscape.net or find us on Facebook or find the Geekscape Games uh, uh, group on Facebook and leave a comment. You can leave it here on SoundCloud or you can leave it on iTunes. A review would be great. Uh, Tell your friends about Geekscape Games. Tell them about Geekscape. We hang our hats at geekscape.net. and Of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Loot Crate. If you go to lootcrate.com slash geekscape and put in the promo code geekscape, you get a discount off of all those awesome crates that you can subscribe to. Uh, I think we're all fans of the main crate. I like the, the DX crate, the Lootware, and uh, you're still getting those Wrestle crates, aren't you, Josh? Do you enjoy them? Yeah, dude, they're awesome. The Slam like crates. the most. The most recent one had like all the Finn Balor stuff, so
2: that was really cool.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, Adam's got to go back to Puyo Pew tetris which he's only put 90 hours into yeah you know i, I uh, put
2: 70 hours into uh, zelda but you know it, it can't it can't compare <laughs> to puyo tetris at all you know that that's <laughs> my that's my great. official zelda ranking list okay um puyo puyo tetris is number one followed by um wind waker breath of the wild and then of course
0: Luma. um so guys uh thank you for hanging out uh josh thanks yeah anytime. And uh, thank you, Adam. This has been fun. It's been fun guessing in here and, uh, and being a part of Geek's Games, finally, one of my favorite podcasts on the internet. Uh, love you. Right, bye, everybody. See you. <laughs>